painful second half if you bet the Nets. Who, they shot uh, 5 of 20 from 3 in the second half. Didn't help. And no. they lost by 12, had them at 10 and a half. So that sucked. Yeah, yeah. And you also bought the 11 and a half, you said too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. That's well, uh, it's as great, bad as it gets. Not a great uh, not a great night for my Nets. Luckily, no. I had the under. Should have just bet the under. Yeah, no, no zigzag for this series, I don't think. bet the under. Tyrese Maxey, 33 points, 6 of 13 from 3. James Harden, 2 of 8 from 3. 8 points. Mm-hmm. Playoff Harden's back. It's, it, it can't, I mean, listen, they can win with, I guess they can win with Maxine and Embiid if Harden's not doing anything and you just essentially trust Tyrese Maxey to go be your killer. But they don't, they don't need uh, James Harden to go out and get you 30. But what they need him to do is not shoot the ball like he's Russell right. Westbrook. Exactly. That's the problem. Exactly. Just so. run the offense, run the offensive sets, get the ball to Embiid, let Maxie take over if you need. Uh, but, yeah, you don't, need, you don't need, you know, 15 field goal attempts. But, hey, the Sixers still won, just like the Clippers still won when mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook shot the way he did. And he still brought that energy at the end. It's up and down with Russell Westbrook. Man, he is still – he is certainly fun to watch, even if sometimes it's a little bit of a – he flips a little bit out of control. Uh, Lawrence Murray covers those Clippers for the Athletic. I So let, let's just look back at game one here. There's certainly a lot to unpack with it as we kind of, you know, jump forward to game two. and all. Like, one, Kevin Durant not taking any shots in clutch time for the Suns was just wild to me. We talked about Russell Westbrook and obviously the way that he shot, but then that – unbelievable defensive play with the block and then hitting the ball off Booker. Like, It's got to be a roller coaster because you're covering this team now. I, I watched him for a year when I was still actually in D.C. media and uh, in Washington. I mean, it's... And he's a different player now, but it's like, it's this, man. It's such a roller coaster where you see these flashes of just this brilliance or this energy, and then he's taking these horrible shots. Is this something that can they can maintain with the Clippers? Like, he can go out and shoot 3 of 16 and they can still win games? I don't think that's the formula uh, to to win games. But you mentioned you were in D.C. The last time before Sunday night that Russell Westbrook's team won a playoff game was the last day of May in 2021. And it was the 1-8 matchup in the East, Wizards-76ers. Six was already down 3-0. They were at home trying to avoid a sweep. Russ misses 16 out of 19 shots, but the Wizards win that game. And what did Russ do in that game? 3 of 19, but he had 21 rebounds. He had 14 assists. He had two steals, right? I think that he was even better in the game that they played Sunday night in Phoenix because, yeah, Russ shot poorly, uh, excessively poorly, but he had a clean game, I felt like, otherwise. He He wasn't in foul trouble. He didn't turn the ball over excessively. And he really needed every one of those plays, especially in the last three minutes. He did everything except make shots. Uh, but even in terms of not making shots, not seeing the ball go through the hoop, can you imagine the pressure of those two free throws? And I was in that same arena. It wasn't called Hooper Center. It was called probably nothing because they didn't have a sponsor. That was the problem with them. But uh, I was in the arena game two of the Western Conference Finals in 2021, and I was looking at Paul George. He had a chance to put the game away with two free throws, and Paul's an outstanding shooter. He missed both free throws. That set up the value that DeAndre Ayton uh, pretty much was probably like, y'all going to pay me. I mean, Russell Westbrook, not only did he make the two free throws to put the Clippers up three instead of having them protect a one-point lead, that opens up a whole lot more in your playbook, right, uh, offensively if you're only down one compared to down three. But then he anticipates that Devin Booker's going for the quick two and blocks a shot. 
bounces the ball over him. He didn't get credit for that rebound, by the way. And it was just it was just phenomenal mental toughness to be able to play through a horrible shooting game, the incident at halftime uh, right in the arena, and to still make some of the biggest plays of the entire game. Now, that being said, Russ probably needs to make more shots if the Clippers are going to win more games in this series. You know, I mean, I feel like everybody just expects Phoenix to get right and to make a run to the finals because you have Kevin Durant, you have Devin Booker, two closers, you have Chris Paul and DeAndre. And I just don't really like the depth of this team. They played 11 guys, yet they played one guy off the bench who played more than seven minutes. So I just don't really like the rotations. And I know that they went on a nice little run with KD before he got hurt to close out the regular season, but I just feel like they're trying to figure everything out on the fly here in the playoffs, and I don't think you could win like that. Is that how you feel about the Suns, or would you still pick this team not only to win this series and make a run here because of all the talent, or do you just feel like, like me, there's just something off with this team? I don't I, – I wouldn't say that there's anything off, but it's – the point that you make, 8-0 means some things, but – you have to understand now you got punching the ball for the first time. You just played the best team out of the nine games that you played with Kevin Durant. Now you have to respond. You mentioned they only played six guys more than seven minutes. I mean, to have only one guy that you can trust off the bench and that one guy being Landry Shamit, who no disrespect to Sham, but Landry missed a lot of time in the regular season as well with his injury. I mean, most people just remember Landry's regular season from getting dunked on by Aaron Gordon on Christmas. Landry's trying to figure it out, too, and that dude's been on the team the whole year. They traded a lot of valuable pieces to get Kevin Durant. And the good thing is when you play certain teams, like the Dallas Mavericks, like the Denver Nuggets when they didn't play anybody, they look real good. Now you're playing playoff basketball with a guy that you just brought to your team two months ago and haven't really gotten the chance to play with. Kevin Durant's not the problem. The problem is the dudes that aren't there anymore. We saw a different version of that with the Dallas Mavericks when they traded for a, an all-star in Kyrie Irving, but they traded valuable pieces to get Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, I don't think, was the issue in Dallas. The issue was that Dallas team wasn't good already, and they were made worse by the pieces that they traded to get Kyrie in the first place, namely a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, their best swing defender. Who did you give up to get Kevin Durant? Well, I'm sure you picked KD over Mikel Bridges, right? But you also gave up Cameron Johnson. You gave up a guy, Jay Crowder, who he didn't contribute anything this year, but he was your starter the previous two years on a team that one of the reasons why the Suns were one of the best teams in the league is because their starting five was stable. You don't have that. You have a lot of unknowns, and as great as KD is, I think the Clippers realize there's only one basketball. There's only five guys who can score it at a time on the court. And so you're going to try and make those guys inefficient. And now that the Suns have to bounce back from adversity that they never really saw with Kevin, they certainly saw it without him uh, before Kevin got there. You know, there's always kind of a mixed feelings when it comes to players taking time off at the end of the regular season not like the the load management stuff or anything like that but you know the last couple games of the year we obviously see it in the nfl last week of the season they're not playing for anything so they sit starters i mean the suns sat these guys the last couple games of the regular season do you think and do you even believe in uh the fact that there may be some rust that carried over for the suns in that game one absolutely (laughs) that was a feel out first quarter for Kevin Durant. He missed all four shots he took. Russ blocked them. I mean, they were down 12 at the end of that first quarter. They hadn't played a game that had any stakes in nearly two weeks. 
And when you don't have that much time, you can practice, you can scrimmage. I think Monty Williams mentioned they went up and down twice during the week. And they're not going to use that as an excuse, but you're playing a team that had to play real games to earn a playoff spot, including a game in that same building against the Suns B team, if you want to call it that. There's just a natural human element of, you know, you're you're just not as conditioned. It's going to take you longer. This The, the game started at 5.15 for the LA Clippers. I think it started at about 5.45 for the Phoenix Suns in game one. And I think those things kind of matter. Over the course of the game Sunday, I feel like the Suns were the best team or in terms of when both teams played their best, who was their best. I mean, the Suns took a 16-point deficit and led by nine late in the third quarter. That's a 25-point turnaround. The Clippers were never up by 25 points at any point in the game, right? So that tells me that the Suns, are they're still a formidable basketball team there. It's just a matter of how much can they sustain it? How can they start the game and control the game? And again, the Clippers started the game great because they were ready to go. And then even they had enough to where even while they absorbed that 25 points, they closed the game. That's conditioning. That's being ready to play. The Clippers were better at both of those things than the Suns were. And that's where the Suns are going to look to bounce back in game two. Really quickly, because it's about to start right now, Kings, Warriors, Kings take game one against Golden State. What do you like tonight? Who do you like? Do you think Golden State evens this series up tonight? And then who do you like to win the series? Because everybody, you know, we've had on, everybody we talk with likes the Warriors. I kind of like Sacramento, even though they don't play a whole lot of defense. Look, the Warriors ain't going to be playing a whole lot of defense in this series. Exactly. <laughs> this is an incredible this – is, this is one of the best shot-making series ever. The Kings were the best offense in the NBA in the highest scoring efficiency season across the league ever. So you're just going to have to outscore both. You're, you're, that's your that's your mindset. You you basically have to put points up, a lot of points up. There's not going to be any games where, you know, you win by holding a team under 100 in this series. I like the Warriors because they've been here. Um, they, they were, they're going to win a road game. They might win a road game tonight in game two. And, I think they just they, they just know what to do in a playoff setting. Uh, but I'm going to be highly entertained seeing how they actually do it against that Sacramento team. I know you watch game one, and we know, like, Golden State is terrible on the road. Terrible. But yet at the same time, when it comes to the playoffs, they've won a road game in a series, I think 27 straight series right now. There's really something to be said, man, for just having that experience in the playoffs. Right. And that's why I would trust Golden State to win the whole series. That's why Golden State is going to be a formidable opponent. Uh, we haven't seen a Western Conference team knock out Steve Kerr's version of the Warriors. And, again, no disrespect to Sacramento. I love the Sacramento Kings. I really do. I, I, I was in the building to watch the Sacramento Kings absorb 175 points from the Clippers and still win, okay? <laughs> so I know what the Kings are capable of. Um, the Warriors and Kings, they're very familiar with each other. Co coaches came from there. Uh, it's a short. Uh, I didn't even take a plane when I went from Golden State to Sacramento for a back-to-back. -back. You just, you guys got to go on the road there. Uh, I, I love that series, and I, I expect six games for sure. But I also expect the Warriors to win four of those six games. I've actually picked the Clippers to win the championship the last couple of years, and it sucks with you know Paul George most likely not being able to play in this series. Um, 
if, 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 if let's say, like, you know, he's obviously not able to come back, they get bounced in six or seven, what do you think they do this offseason? Like, what do you think's the plan moving forward? Because obviously when Kawhi and PG are on the floor together, that's a really good duo. This was a choppy season. Yeah. And the reason why it was choppy is because they were relying on so many guys that missed significant portions of the season last year. Kawhi Leonard missed the entire season with the ACL recovery. Not only did that obviously impact last year, it impacted the start of this year. He missed time with knee soreness when that flared up. That happens when you return to pro basketball after being away for so long. And it's not like he's coming back to be, you know, no disrespect to my guy Kendrick Perkins, but uh, Kawhi's not a ground-bound center just trying to be happy with 15 to 20 minutes. Like, he's coming back to be a star, the, the, the main piece or the one of the two main pieces. And then the other main piece, Paul, he had a rocky season in terms of his health after Thanksgiving. Once, he, once his hamstring flared up, he was on and off the floor pretty much every month except February. And I was in Salt Lake City with Paul during All-Star, and Paul's kind of dragging his right leg around. So those two guys were rarely healthy at the same time. And to me, that's not unexpected. Like one guy's coming off of an ACL and the other guy's in year 13. Like people thought that this team, I know you bet on them. I mean, I wouldn't have done that. You didn't talk to me about that. Like <laughs> I wouldn't have bet on the I wouldn't have bet on the Clippers to be that team in the first year of everybody coming back to play together. I think that was the mistake that was made in 1920. Like, guys have to get back and be in rhythm. I think next year is going to mirror Saran Lu's first season with the Clippers. If they are patient and understand the circumstances that led to this year, it wasn't just Kawhi PG's unavailability at certain times. It was also the fact that it took them until February to realize the pieces that they came into the season with did not fit, especially in the second unit. And for the most part, they did a good job of reconfiguring the roster so it made sense for the pieces that they had. It's unfortunate that Paul isn't ready to begin the postseason. It's unfortunate that if things go a certain way in the first round, you won't see Paul George at all. And I think they need to understand next year is the last year that they are in the downtown arena that they share with the Lakers. Next year is the last year that Kawhi and PG are under team control. But those two dudes are locked in together. They want to play together. They have the ear of the head coach and vice versa. Next year is the year where Kawhi is going to be healthy. That's a two-year recovery process from an ACL. Those guys are going to be way better next year in what's going to be their last good shot with those guys in their respective primes to, to actually do something. Yeah, That's I what just, I expect. I, they need to keep it together. Yeah, it's just, just seeing this team fully yeah. healthy with just it's, it's better for the NBA. I want to see what they can do. Lawrence Murray, the Thanks, athletic, man. covers the Clippers. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Thanks for having me, guys. I keep forgetting they're going to move to their new arena in like a year.